0: Welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about a topic that I think everyone needs to think about, um, especially if you are a leader, leading a team, leading an organization, a small business. And today's topic is about burnout and sustainability, the leadership extremes. And today, my guest is Davida Ginter. Hello, Davida. (laughs) Hello. Thank you for having me. I am so glad to have you. And the great thing that I love about um, the world of the internet and social media is that you can connect with people from all over the world. And she actually is in Israel, and um, and so we're recording this so that we can bring this to you. And. She and I connected on LinkedIn. We were having there was a conversation that was going on and we ended up commenting um and, and talking and then we had a um a Zoom call and and talked for a bit about her work and, and what she does and and then now here we are. So mm-hmm. I am so happy that you agreed to to be on the show. I think that um for a lot of people, when they talk about burnout and they hear about burnout is something that they think oh, it couldn't happen to me. This is something that only happens when people aren't realistic about their time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to burn out. I just have really, really, you know, um, really clear goals that I want to work towards. And, And I find that just from the excerpt of your book that I've read, it's not at all that you're just pushing yourself beyond what you think you're able to do. A lot of times it's that,
1: You think you're not doing enough. Absolutely. Um, That's part of it. Apparently, and I didn't know that when I first started exploring the topic of burnout, apparently, this is such a wide and huge phenomenon that it spans across so many types of personalities and roles and industries and sectors and so the causes could be different. So if a few people um, tend to burn out because they overworked, then others is because maybe they're too committed to the cause of work, which sounds so weird, right? How can you be too committed? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is there's nothing wrong with being um, very committed to what you do. But the question is, do you put the boundaries? Do you set your own boundaries? Do you know yeah. Right, when to pause or (laughs) how to keep this um, fire of passion in a positive way and not being burnt out because you are frustrated and you don't see results on time Mm -hmm. or that you can't see the change that you try to bring about happening in the short run. And, you know, it's, it's interesting
0: that you said, well, two things that you just said that that had a light bulb go off for me. One was setting boundaries because a lot of times we think about setting boundaries as, oh, well we have to set boundaries with other people on our time and set boundaries with other people on their expectations and set boundaries with other people on, you know, to keep them from infringing on what we want to do and what we seem as important. But setting boundaries with yourself Mm-hmm. is even more important. And I had never even thought about it that way. So you work a lot with people who are change agents and they're trying to bring a lot of social change um, to bear within you know, their communities or their, their aspect of, of the world or what, whatever they're focused on. What does that look like for someone who's so passionate about what they're doing when you tell them that they have to start learning to set boundaries with themselves?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And first of all, I don't only tell it to them, I tell it to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm coming from this very field. So in my profession for many years now, I'm a sustainability practitioner and I work with leaders who mobilize social change. So while working in this field with those people, with my colleagues or people uh, we team up together to mobilise any kind of social or environmental change, I know this is growing phenomenon of burnout. So when we talk about it together, both to myself and with others, how does it look like? It looks like people are caring a lot. Mm -hmm. They care about everything and everyone else. Mm -hmm. Other people, the environment, entire communities, sometimes beyond. But then we forget this bit of self-care, which I find quite of an irony. So people who work towards sustainability forget to sustain themselves either first or along with that, which is almost like this analog- analogy. Sorry, in the when you sit in an airplane and they tell you to put your oxygen mask first so you can actually help other people, it's the same. Mm-hmm. If you are, you know, running out of energy, your battery is um, empty now, you don't recharge, you don't rejuvenate, how can you mobilize social change? If you don't, like you said before, if you don't set your own boundaries and respect yourself and do this self-care, which sounds so vague, but it's basically respecting what you need, Mm -hmm. how can you work towards the outside? So, you know, it's keeping this balance all the time. And I'm almost afraid to use the word balance because then people start to asking is this about work-life balance? Yeah. And I don't think it's exactly that. I mean, there is such thing as work-life balance, but today when the boundaries dissolve, it's a bit different. You can be very passionate passionate sorry about your work and maybe your work and life are mixing together in a good way because you take your work with you you know you're very passionate about what you do you talk with your family about it that's i do the same so the kind of balance that we are looking for here is what are you currently missing to create a routine of thriving instead of surviving Mm. so maybe you work all day in front of your screen or without other people. So, the balance that you might be looking for is to be socialized after work, you know, meeting other people. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you work, you love your work, but you work in a very loud and, you know, noisy and hectic environment. So, your balance will be to complement that, to find some peace and quiet, you know, some self time. Mm-hmm. And many other examples. So the balance is not exactly that separation between work and life. It's to find the balance of what is that you're missing to nourish yourself in a better way.
0: I love the way you talked about that. Finding a way to nourish yourself in a complimentary way. Because I can tell you that there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, I have goals. I have specific outcomes that I want to achieve. I have things that I need to do with my company or my division or my department or my team and the buck stops here. So I don't have time for the balance and I don't have time to take time off. And and they equate having that balance or that ability to nurture yourself. They equate that with, I'm shirking my responsibility. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing all that I can do. Um, and one thing that I have found, like I, I ran into a, um, had an interesting conversation with a manager who was essentially reacting to the metrics. Our, our sales numbers are not where they need to be. There's no way that we can take the time to lay a foundation and to make sure that everybody's on the same page. If our metrics are not where they need to be. So how are we going to take any time, quote unquote, off (laughs) Mm. in order to address what needs to be addressed? We have to keep pushing forward and and plowing through. And I know that you must see this all the time from people who are saying there's so much to be done.
1: How do I, you know, I can't stop now. There's too much to do. (laughs) So yeah, there are many things coupled here. First of all, people um, mistakenly think that being productive is work more hours, you know, squeeze more into the day. It's not that. Being productive is to allocate your time in a smart and effective way and do your best, which means that if currently you need a break to refresh your brain or body or both or your emotional state, mm-hmm. then take this break. First, for yourself, and second, if you want to be more productive, and I would say more creative, you really need some time. And I know I've learned that for myself and about myself, that I can take some time during the day, even if it's very packed, very busy, to go for a short walk or to have a coffee with a friend. Mm -hmm. Because it helps me to stay on top of the day's stress. Mm -hmm. And I get back more. You know, refresh and with these great ideas that I gathered while my brain was resting or interacting, but in a social way. So I always tell people: you're not lazy if you take some time for self-care. You're not egoistic if you care about yourself. You are doing a great service to yourself and also to other people that you are serving. It's just that. When we tell ourselves we are not enough, we're not doing enough, we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, that will not get us to the goal that we are aiming towards. That will actually create more helplessness and take us a few steps back. And of course, it, it's a direct way towards burnout.
0: And I will say that when... And I love what you said about how we mistake being productive for doing more instead of understanding that true being truly productive is about doing what's best. Mm -hmm. And I teach people all the time about understanding that your brain needs a break. You even, and it doesn't do you any good to try and beat yourself, beat your head against a wall and try to force yourself to continuously do the same thing that's not working instead of taking a break and and i love how you're encouraging people to recognize that you have to shift gears you know Mm -hmm. there's a reason why television shows are broken up into segments where you have a commercial break it's because your brain gets to a point of overload and now we have to pull back and switch and do something else um that's just how our that's just how our minds function
1: absolutely and so go ahead yeah, I just wanted to add to that that if I would ask what's worse than burnout is burnout coupled with guilt mm-hmm. shame and loneliness basically mm-hmm. because not only when you know people feel bad enough that they are approaching burnout then they feel guilty that they came to this situation so first guilty that they took some time for themselves in case they did it, so they even don't don't take the time for themselves. Mm -hmm. Or guilty or ashamed that they reach to a point that they are not functioning well because they are burnt out. So at this point, not only it's worse, they are afraid to openly talk about it. And then, of course, you end up in this loop where you are not reaching out for help and support. So tying it back to what you said, this feeling of, I need to deliver on time. I'm not productive enough. This is all around the guilt and the shame that we're not working hard enough. But obviously it's just getting everything worse than solving the problem from, from the roots. exactly cause where it started, yeah.
0: So when you talk about the root cause, Um, we, we've talked about what it looks like, you know, with the stress and, and, you know, all the other physical symptoms (laughs) that come about. Um, and, and this whole thing of feeling guilty because you have taken some time and everything. So, so how can we actually prevent burnout? Um, because if you know that you're a passionate person, if you know that you're someone that's goals oriented and and driven, um, and you want to be quote unquote successful, Um, The way our society paints the picture is that you're supposed to be working 80 hours a week and never taking any time, quote unquote, off. So how do we prevent burnout?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I get this question all the time. And I've learned to give my first reply is always the same. There isn't a solution to prevent burnout. First, because there isn't a single solution. There are many. I can't even count how many. And those are from, you know, full approaches to very practical hands-on practices and exercises. And the second reply is that there's no one size fits for all. So I would never come and give a recipe, a formula to prevent burnout. I would encourage anyone, to explore the variety of practices and approaches mm-hmm. to prevent it and then choose what serves you the best. Because sometimes people blindly follow other people's advice, it doesn't serve them well. It's even more harmful, it's more stressful. Like I can watch everyone else, especially leaders, meditating, right? It's so trendy now. Mm-hmm. What if I don't want to meditate? What if it's not working for me? I feel so stressed now. I'm a leader who doesn't meditate. What's wrong with me? <laughs> right? So it's so stressful. So, this is not the answer. The answer is do your self inquiry, self exploration. Yeah, go and read and ask people about practices and, and approaches. Absolutely. But then try and choose what's best for you. The second thing I always say is whatever it is that you're Choosing or pursuing, be consistent about it. Because if you try it for a week or even a month, and then you quit and go back to your routine, to your old habits, that won't do the trick. It's like going to a retreat every time that the house is on fire. This is nice. I have nothing against retreat. Don't get me wrong. I like vacations and retreats and everything. But this is not... A solution to the root problem so this is about changing the routine in a consistent way how can you integrate those practices into your daily routines either at life or at work hopefully in both Mm -hmm. if I still (laughs) if I still need to give some more practical ideas I want to share the most common ones, in the sense that what usually works for the majority of people. And please, again, take everything with um, self-consideration. So if I can still share advice that is usually applicable to everyone is, first of all, connecting, simply connecting with other people. Because feeling lonely and feeling like you're the only one who struggles, the only one with setbacks. It feels, first, like you're really alone out there in the world. And second, you really don't know what to do with it. So you don't only feel like you're failing, you feel like you are the failure, which is even more dangerous. So first of all, connect. And it could be with colleagues or like-minded people, but it also could be with friends outside of work, with people you trust and can support you and provide you with a good atmosphere um, that really people have your back Mm -hmm. and the second one is reach out when you need something when you need help advice I was seriously bad at this I thought I should fix by myself everything Um, seriously that was my journey for many years um, starting from military service then to some management roles uh, while I was uh, promoted, but I felt I should be the rock. So I should provide, you know, these solutions and I can't ask for help or advice from anyone else. Big mistake, huge mistake, because everyone could learn from other people and simply take initiatives and reach out. This is not weakness. This is courageous leadership. Yes. And that, I believe, is applicable to everyone. I can't really think of a person who can't learn from someone else who is in a position that they can't reach out to a mentor, to someone they look up to, to someone they trust, and share their struggles and ask for an honest advice or feedback. And I think that that's
0: so key because especially as leaders, when people... You feel that people are looking to you for answers Um, you know you hear the never let them see you sweat and you know everybody's looking to you for encouragement and advice and and I agree that when there's a crisis situation and when there is um, real change that's going on in an organization and there's uncertainty and people want to look to someone as an example of strength and, um, and stability and to be able to say, okay, we've got this, this is going to work out well. But you can also be a really, really great example to people that you're leading of someone who is open to connecting with others of someone who takes time for self and encourages others to do that of someone who learns from other people. and And when you do that, you're building a, a foundation of a great team culture, um, a culture that is focused on your people before looking at the metrics and you know whether or not our statistics are right or whether or not our sales are up, um, and and you're looking at both the process that you're going through as well as the progress that you're, made, you're making and i think so many times a big reason why people end up burned out is because they're so focused on the progress you know have we met have we breached these benchmarks have we you know attained these sales goals have we gotten x number of people in our pipeline you know what how many sales you know where are we ranked you know we're looking for an from we're doing an ip an ipo later and we have to hit these particular marks and i think if we stop focusing so much on the specific metrics and we give equal balance to the process as well as the product, I think that we'll, we'll, we'll be on our way to making some shifts um, in one, preventing burnout, and two, being able to effectively deal with it.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that you brought this up because I, I really second that first a bit about setting an example as a leader. You can stand there and say from morning to night, take care of yourselves and then stay for yourself. Stay at the office until late and work uh, 24-7. So it's really not enough to speak and not do what you're preaching for. Mm -hmm. People obviously will on your example of your actions. So setting an example in that case would be leader that you know actually walking that talk of self- empathy and pausing the self-judgment and everything that is entailed. with it. And second, oh yes, yeah, to the changing the measurement, how we measure success. So what is success here? What are those outcomes? It's so interesting that, you know, leaders, specifically in business, by the way, they measure pretty much everything but well-being. Yes. Right? So (laughs) what are those key performance indicators? What are we measuring there? Mm -hmm. How much? How many? You know, all these milestones. What about the communication, the level of trust, the teamwork? How much do we really care about ourselves and our work environment and everything that makes us humans, people, and not machines working in that environment? So i definitely say let's challenge those measurements. How do we even measure and define success? And that is, I think that's the one thing
0: that people struggle with because it's harder to measure the soft stuff. It's harder to measure the culture. It's harder to measure how well people work together. Um, It's harder to measure and quantify the process. And really those things that are soft skills and and, um, more um, qualitative instead of quantitative are things that people shy away from because I can't show you a chart and say that this is working. Um I have to go based on what people feel and what people think and and then there's a matter of trust and honesty. Are they really reporting what they really feel and what they really think, or are they just saying what they think we want to hear? And there's so many different nuances to that that, um, you know, is another conversation for another day. But I think that we really have to look at what it is that we're measuring and why. This is the measurement of success. Why is this what we say and we hold up as being the end all and be all of, yes, because we've reached X number of you know, KPIs, we're now great and we're successful. Or because we made X amount of money, we're now great and we're successful. Yeah, but yeah, your people are dropping out you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your workplace is stressful. Nobody, you know, people are having health issues. Um, your, your retention and succession is, is through the, is, is not where you want it to be because people can't stay because they can't sustain that for long periods of time.
1: Absolutely. And you just said the keywords a long period of time, you got so used to, quick fix and quick solutions, mm-hmm. right? So we look at the here and now, but this is not how life is made, what life is made of and how this journey looks like. So if we can't take the big picture perspective and the long run, mm-hmm. we will keep hitting the wall of burnout. For example, by the way, I've spoken, I've interviewed um, many people for this book. What was really I do know, a big realization from a big surprise even is how many people actually hit burnout again and again uh-huh. in a repetitive way, which is, it's so sad to hear. But what happens is that when you only work for the short run and you don't implement a deep enough, deep enough process, then you're obviously going to perpetuate those mistakes, those unhealthy routines mm. and also it's a question of the systems around you are they supportive enough but like you said it's a, it's a bigger question here so if we start from the individual responsibility and the individual commitment and what can leaders do about it about you know preventing burnout both for themselves and for other people is basically to do the hard and deep work yeah there are no quick solutions, no quick fix. We need to, we need to engage in it.
0: And I, I, I think that is the perfect, the perfect sentiment to end with because the, the problem that was not created overnight, so it's not going to be solved overnight. And, and I think that it's really important for people to understand that they have to do the self work and the deep work and the long-term work in order to make some sustainable changes that are going to change not only themselves, but their teams and their organizations. Thank you so much for being a guest. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to have you back because we're gonna have to talk about some more stuff. But the name of her book is Burning Out Won't Get You There. Um, It is available on Amazon. And this episode, along with a, um, a... um, bio, as well as links of how to get in touch with her will be on my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. Thank you again so much, Davida, for, for joining me. I appreciated it. I love this conversation. Um, and, Thank you. and for those of you who are listening, be sure to tune in every weekday. Um, once a week, we release new episodes of Mindset to Mastery where we provide strategies, tips, and actionable items that will help you to change your mindset and master your success. We are found on iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, Spotify, Spreaker, everywhere where podcasts are available. And you can also find us syndicated on Mile High Radio on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then all all episodes are also on our website at carsgroup.com. Thank you guys again for joining us. Thank you um, again for sharing insights from your book. Um, I'm sure we will have very, very many more interesting conversations uh, moving forward. And again, uh, let us know how you've enjoyed the episodes um, and be sure to reach out to us with anything that you would like to have us talk about. And until next time, take these, take this information, apply it and take control of your life so that you can create the success you deserve. Talk to you later.